0: The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. As
1: we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, Orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakowski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday from August 14th through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org.
0: Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona.
1: It's time for episode 277 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything offered. Our local partners include AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and servicing well we're a week away guys from the prep spotlight we'll talk more about that but like we always like to do we catch up and let me start this part out Uh, i mentioned it last week that it was fair week shiawassee county fair week that meant uh, football starts football practices but i actually went to the fair the shiawassee county fair for the first time really since my daughter was a 4-h exhibitor it's probably been 20-25 years i gotta tell you Man, it's improved a lot. Uh, Concrete uh, walkways for the Midway and food truck roads. It was gravel the last time I went. And uh, I got to say, man, that's, that's probably one of the best county fairs, I think, in the state. And maybe even bigger than that. You know, maybe in the entire Midwest. They really have done a nice job since years ago. They moved out to Hibbard Road there and expanded. It's awesome.
2: I mean, that's all that. So obviously Jared too, that's the only place that I know it because it it used to be in McCurdy park. Right. Yep. So yeah, that, that, that's all I know. It is on Hibber Road. So obviously Jared too, um, the McCurdy park thing, that would have been interesting. I know that that cool grandstand they had there and, and all that stuff on on the river, that would have been a cool setting too, but no, it really is. I, I think, and I don't think it's just our bias. I think it, it, it probably is. It's at least top three, fairs in michigan and yeah like you said maybe midwest because uh, i have some friends who have moved around the state and they were involved in the fair you know growing up you know like you were talking about your daughter mm-hmm. so they've gone to other fairs i've gone to a couple other fairs like up north over around the Oscoda area um, and over on the west side and honestly they just they they don't stack up either they're just not as like big or the displays or the rides aren't as good, the food, you know, it, there's always like something that's like, ah, Shiawassee County's better here. Or you know, Shiawassee County has all the shows. like, you know, we used to always go to the demolition derby or they used to always have the figure eight cars and they'd be smashing. they what they had like combine demolition combine <laughs> things. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if they still do that. So like they have all those pulls. those kind of events and stuff too. Um, it's top notch. And like you said, they've improved the actual venue. Uh, you know, with the concrete walkways and you know all that kind of stuff, and and you know that the the animal shows and everything are always going to be great in Shiawassee oh, yeah. County. You know that's going to always be top notch. So honestly, yeah, like I, I was telling my my family was sharing. You know, they were. I know you saw my my sister's family yeah. up there when you went. They were sharing pictures of going to the fair and doing all that stuff. It makes me like nostalgic and it makes me miss going because it is a really cool. <laughs> It's a really cool thing to do, especially when you got some kids, you know, to to enjoy it too. So, yeah, you can't beat the Shiwassee
3: County Fair, that's for sure. I actually, so what, made I, a, I'm pretty a- sure,
2: Jared, didn't you say you're out on fairs? Didn't you say that or no? Uh,
3: I mean, I don't. I loved going to the fair when I was a kid because my buddies would were there, and it's kind of like you're just you're basically like on vacation for a week. Uh, now that I have, like don't really have any connections to the fair, I, I'm not a big fair guy, but yeah. I did actually make the trek there. For okay. some food um, <laughs> on Saturday night. I got a pretzel, which was very good. I'll, I'll be honest. But it's funny walking those fairgrounds. That's the first time I've been there since I was probably, I don't know, 12 years old. And <laughs> it's funny walking them. And like, just the memories that I have as I'm like walking through it. Uh, so I see the like little playscape that they have there. And, I, and it brought me back to when I was probably like 10 or 11 years old. Me and my buddy went there um, for like a bonfire one of the fair nights. And we were just kind of messing around, playing on that thing or whatever. And this, like, snot-nosed brat kid came over and started, like, kind of messing with us with this other, like, girl that was with him or whatever. And so we were <laughs> we were finally, like, getting pushed to our brink. And my buddy, who never is, like, the nicest guy in the world. I've never seen him do anything like this since or before that. The kid, like, gets up on the slide. Slides <laughs> down it. He's sitting there, like, hiding at the end of the slide, my buddy. Undoes his like Coca Cola bottle. It <laughs> as as kid <laughs> slides down, just unloads it offset. <laughs> so it's just funny. That's the type of stuff that goes down at these places, man. And I, and I, the thing that I remember most about that story is the look of just like pure like shock on this kid's face. You <laughs> never will forget it. I'll, when I'm 80 years old, I'll never forget that kid's face. It was just a uh, all time memory. But no, I like the fair. I, I like being back there. It's just the rides, man. I can't do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it when I was 10. It would make me puke. Uh, I, I just i can't do it so the fact that the rides were never that for me it's hard for me to be like man this place is awesome but i see a lot of other kids and when i was there a lot of people are laughing smiling running around and they love it but i just couldn't get around the rides man
2: yeah that's fair i mean if, if <laughs> that's fair if if you can't do the rides that would change the experience even the food i mean while while the food is you know it, it's great you love it you know if you can't handle the fried food and and that kind of stuff then again that would change the whole experience for you but you know you go get a hot dog you go get a corn dog a pretzel like you said the shaved ice and and all that and it it just makes for a fun summer night i think it's that thing too you know it's it's a fun summer night especially when the weather is good you can walk around like you said people are laughing having a good time uh like one one of my nephews and his cousin my, my sister sent a picture and they were all like face painted all up. They had like their arms all painted crazy and they were riding every ride. Like you said, you didn't like them. My sister said like they, she, she had to basically like peel them away from the rides. They just wanted every ride constantly. So if it's like that for you, then yeah, the fair is it's, you know, it's a blast.
1: Yeah. You know, I've evolved into obviously a different generation Other than when I was growing up, the fair was the biggest event of the summer. Like you said, back (laughs) at back at McCurdy Park, you know. And Jared, you talked about nostalgia. You know, I remember when I was a little kid and we used to hang out there. But then, you know, when we got to be oh, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, you could you could see it coming back when you're when I was walking the fairgrounds and seeing the young kids in that age group, you know, and, you know, your, your hormones are going crazy, you know, but it's all about, you know, the males and the females, you know, trying to get with each other, you know, that type of thing and walk the fairgrounds, hang, holding on to hands. That was kind of cool to see that.
2: Oh, it it is definitely a hangout too. Yeah. I remember that, you know, you would go it's same with Kerwood. Kerwood was like that to an extent, but you know, the fair, don't know if i want to say it's cooler it it's a little better setup than It's a little bit more like a
3: wild wild west i mean there's a lot of ground man you can get lost you can
2: and you know you end up someone's going to show their pig so you know you go (laughs) watch people show their pig and then you you know someone wants to go ride the ferris wheel or something so you go ride the ferris wheel and there's a lot to do. That's for sure. Oh yeah, you, you, guys, see- you
3: guys never had any problems with the with the rides though. I mean, they they literally they just all go in a circle, man. I, I remember the zipper, oh, me yeah. in. That's what did me in. <laughs> L- literally jumped on it, terrified the whole time I'm on it. Creaking, can't be safe. You know those rides aren't that safe. Right. Get off it, run right to a trash bin, puke. <laughs> had to go to like basketball, like summer practice later that night. It was a hell day. I remember that clear as day. You guys good, could man. do it.
2: I've always, I've, you, well, I'll say this. I don't tell you are jumping in. I used to be the same thing. Like I described my nephew constant. Give me all the rides over, over, over. I want to never get off these rides. It's funny. My, my wife and I were kind of like, man, we must be getting old. Cause when we go to the amusement parks now, some of these rides do start to kind of turn my stomach a little bit. And I'm like, what is happening to me? I used to be able to
1: do this no no sweat, but, yeah, I loved them. Yeah, I mean, the Shiawassee, Shiawassee County Fair rides, I rode them when I was younger. Uh, it wasn't huge on them, though. I mean, there was the one that you you went on with a buddy or two, and, you know, you you cranked it back and forth. It was like a big swing, and it went up over the top and then back down. I, I like that zipper. one. Yeah, I used that to was like- a zipper. Was that the zipper? And I liked the uh, the scrambler was one of my go-to's back in the day, and also the (laughs) Himalaya. Back back then, you know, they played. You know, rock music. Now it's a whole different generation of music, but they still have the Himalaya where they so go they, around they, and up. Same and then, exact rides.
3: They have the same exact rides. It is. Which is maybe, which maybe that's a debate for another day. I mean, how is it not <laughs> ever made any updates? It's the same exact restaurants. It's the same exact. <laughs> uh, that's maybe what was more deja vu and bringing back all these memories. Is these food stands, the rides, everything's in the exact same spot year right. after year. So it maybe you make a few improvements, but. Hey, yeah. I'm not. I'm not the audience it caters to. So, yeah, c- kind
1: of a consistency is kind of a neat thing, too. You know, you know yeah. what you're getting when you get there. You know, I was thinking also about you know the different uh, different uh, people that you see. You see the the farm boys in their shit kicker boots, you know, out there, and you know the yeah. girls trying to impress the guys. But a couple of observations and question for you guys, maybe along the three point line uh, way of looking at things. Talking about food, you talked about pretzels, just. Right off the cuff, do you have like a top three foods? And I can start it because I got a thing of French fries, homemade French fries, a corn dog. I didn't get a fat ball, but that would be my third thing. Because when I was a little kid, that was right. The very first food stand when you walked into McCurdy Park was a fat ball. And it's basically just a glob of (laughs) fried donut with chocolate or strawberry filling in it. Probably a million calories, but used to love those things. That's pretty good. I mean, that's
2: probably pretty close to my top three. I Corn dog for sure, mm-hmm. especially if they have the like foot long, like two foot, it's like this long corn dog. <laughs> um, next, I, I love like a classic, just greasy piece of pizza. You know, I would I would probably go find pizza, the, the pizza stand. I do like pretzel though, the soft pretzels. Jared yeah. talking about that. So those two, and then you got to go dessert. I'm either going, they used to have, I'm not sure if they still do, they used to have a stand where you could buy a pint of ice cream. right? And it was like, locally made or something like that that was really good or i would definitely do the fried dough <laughs> I, I, i've never heard of the, the fat ball i don't know about that but you know i always remember they call them the elephant ears you get the oh, big yeah. old thing don't have those a, yeah this big it was just covered in powdered sugar and just, <laughs> so that that would be mine
3: uh, that's a good question i i think you guys are missing the big one i mean elephant ear you can't yeah. go wrong with the elephant ear elephant yeah, ears are yeah. great I actually, I got the pretzel. That was good. That's not in my top, though. Uh, I'd go fries, number two. And then I remember third final story on fair is one year when I was there for like three or four days with my buddies, like sometime in middle school, they have like these, like it's like a barrel of pop, just a big old thing of (laughs) uh, pop. And you buy like a souvenir cup and you fill it up with ice and it comes out of this nozzle, like really warm. So like if you don't have ice, basically it's you can't drink it. And I think for that whole week, I probably had 50 cans of pop just <laughs> filling that thing up nonstop. So I think pop, that's just pretty basic. But I mean, when you're at fair, that's kind of where the, your parents give you 25 bucks. They have no yeah. idea what you're doing with it. And you end up spending it all on on pop. So
1: that's what I did.
2: <laughs> I got to ask, though, with the fries, the, the, yeah. the big question,
1: do you douse them in vinegar don't douse them but i definitely sprinkle vinegar on top okay. of it with some salt too you know and, and but they, this is the other thing the uh the cost of living has certainly obviously changed since i was a youngster in the oh, 60s yeah. attending the fair you know you could back in those days you could uh, you played games they were like 10 cents or a quarter now they they kind <laughs> of figured it out you know people are taking their youngsters to the fair or their grandkids like we did And it's $5, you know, to play a game, but you come away with a stuffed animal. I mean, we took little Harper. I mean, she had like a boatload of prizes that she got, you know, even though it was five bucks a crack. And the other thing is the cost of the food. They have a ton of the food trucks on food truck lane there. But (laughs) I got a large French fry, which wasn't that large. It was nine bucks.
2: Yeah.
1: Nine bucks for some potatoes. Oh, you...
2: (laughs) You'll go, you can spend some money because I mean, you you know, the, you pay for admission, you know, usually it's per head that you pay to get in. So there's that. And then, right. If you're going to eat a full lunch or dinner and then play some games, if you're going to get the bracelet to ride the rides, yeah, you can, you can spend a little bit of money. That's for sure.
3: Do you guys ever look at those carnies and think that's kind of an awesome way of life that they have? Like you talk about freedom and the open road. I always think that whenever I'm there and I'm seeing them, you know, wearing whatever Joe dirt type gear when they're serving you your food, I've always thought like, that's something I would have, maybe for a summer, man, I could have done it. I don't know. It
2: would, it could have been a fun summer job. If you travel all over the state of Michigan or I don't know, who knows, maybe you do the Midwest, you go down to Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, something like that. And you're just living at the fair all the time. I mean, it could be kind of cool
1: actually considered that not not traveling the country as a carny, but every time they would come into town, you know, it would usually be on a, I don't remember, a Saturday or a Sunday to start setting up. And they had the trailer with the fair office. They would hire, you know, local kids to to do certain jobs there at the fair. And I thought a couple different times, that might be a good way to make a few extra coins, you know, to spend at the fair. But yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know if I'd want to ride the ride that that Ted helped put
1: together, though. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, I, first of all, I would take too long engineering it, so they would fire me <laughs> right. on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, any, any other catch-up, boys, before we move on to some sports?
2: Oh, not really. Spent the weekend at the lake um, up ah, here. Yeah. I always, I know I've told you guys about it before, but we still say up north. Pe- people down here, they don't get what we're saying when we're like, yeah, we're heading up north. <laughs> they're like, What do you mean, like all the way up back up to Michigan or what? And we're like, oh, I don't <laughs> know. They're just up to yeah. Lake Norman no but yeah lake norman's the lake north of charlotte and yeah we we found a really cool like kind of airbnb getaway place up there so that's awesome yeah, we, anytime we're up there i mean it just ted you know it living on the water it's just oh, something yeah. about waking up and just being able to have your cup of coffee looking out over the water people are already out kind of tooling around fishing and you know the sun coming up and all that kind of stuff you you really can't beat it uh, I, I think i'm destined to live on some sort of water whether it's a A man-made pond or an actual
1: lake. Something. Like Manitow. Yeah, come on out. There's a house for sale right across the street. Family house, you know, fixer-upper. Get on out. All right, boys. Absolutely. Let's let's get into some sports uh, right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chessonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Jacob's Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee
2: County and the surrounding area since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcast, they've had three generations. Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and Noah Jacobs working for you. Jacob's Insurance Agency is a big supporter of our area schools and our sponsor of the Prep Spotlight with offices in Waterford and in Owasso on M21 just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by one of their industry pros. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's the Jacobs family working together to protect yours. Jacobs Insurance Agency.
1: AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, guys, quickly, I just want to jump into right out of the gate, our prep spotlight presented by Jacobs Insurance Agency. We're going to have our sixth annual three-point prep pigskin preview coming up on our next podcast. You know, really looking forward to it. we got right around a dozen different uh, local media and whatnot lined up to give their viewpoints on the different areas of the state. We've got a representative, Jeff Kimberly from the MHSAA. We've lined up the... Uh, I don't know if anybody's heard from Jerome Murphy personally, other than reading his articles, but we've got the exclusive. (laughs) Jerome Murphy from the Argus Press is going to come on, talk about his career, which is winding down, and also take a look at Shiawassee County. i tell you what, we get a lot of of good support from our listeners when we put this out. It's a lot of fun for us, and, and I can't wait.
2: Yeah, I mean, again, we say it all the time. It's such a cool spot for people who, I mean, you don't have to be like a junkie for high school football if you just enjoy the sport. It's a good pop it on and you get a preview for the whole state of Michigan. Obviously, you'll hear if you live on the west side, if you live up in the UP, we have someone from up there. If you live over in the Thumb, we have someone from over there, Detroit, you know, Flint, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Get a little preview of your area and hear about some other areas of the state. It's, It's really cool and it's a great way. We always drop it the week, usually like the week of the start of the games. It's a good way to kind of get you geared up for the season. So, yeah, we always appreciate all the... The people who help us out and you know give us their their preview of their area and um, we're we're pumped for it. It's fun.
3: Yeah, it's it's awesome. I've always said that you know it's, of all the things we do in this pod, it's one of the things I'm you know proud of or most proud of is how we put that together. I mean, it's cool. It's obviously it's not you know for everybody, but uh, we know how big high school football is in this state, and I think it's a really cool thing for a lot of those kids who maybe don't normally get to hear their name called or maybe don't have no idea what's going on on the West side of the state or in the UP or whatever, everybody gets to kind of get away to in an hour, you can kind of hear what's going on in the state. And I think that's pretty darn cool.
1: Yeah. Kudos to Matt too, for putting it all together. Once we get all the interviews in, but uh, it is a lot of fun. And uh, I did have one story that kind of blew my mind uh, this week in high school football, Heartland high school. Okay. They've got an enrollment of almost 2000 students. They're not going to have varsity football this year because lack of upperclassmen. I, I don't know if that is uh, the state of high school football moving forward, but it it boggled my mind when I saw a, a Division one school, not enough players to play on the team that are juniors and seniors. It just came out of nowhere, canceled the season.
2: That is crazy. I, I wonder if it, because like you said, it's a large school. It's not somewhere small, you know. that but- right. Maybe the enrollments just down or something like that, but I wonder if it's just are people more playing soccer? Are they playing other sports, golf or
1: something? Is, is yeah, it, maybe they have lacrosse? I didn't dig deep into it. Right? You know, maybe they're spread too thin for fall sports, but it still was a shock. I know right? they
3: have the. I know they have lacrosse, but I they still did. I don't. I mean, this makes no sense. I know. Yeah, All
2: right. I even wonder. Like it, you know, so I, I saw the headline at, um, that that uh, we retweeted at Three Point Pod. If you want to see the story, but. Um, the lack of upperclassmen like you said so is it that small where they can't even pull up 10 sophomores or something to at least fill the roster like I again I didn't dig in deeper and you know read right. every word of the article either but I'd be curious if there's a little more to it than just lack of upperclassmen because it seems like you could fill the roster out with eight to ten sophomores or something if you had to but unless there's it's just no citizens, no eh. upperclassmen
3: <laughs> and you would get it if it this was a team you know that was losing every damn game for right. the last 5 years or something like that like all right like this is no fun for anybody i mean this team won 6 games last year wow. uh, lost to undefeated brighton uh, 9 to 7 i mean this was a district championship regional qualifier like level team to have that and then just a year later we're done i i just it's it's kind of mind blowing like you said Ted. yeah yeah, yeah so I
2: mean, I I wonder if like I don't know who the coach is, and I so I'm, this is pure speculation. I know whatever, where you're going. But I wonder if the players, if there was some disconnect there, maybe you know players didn't want to play or something for the coach, or if there was something like that going on
3: more than just
2: are- lack of numbers.
3: Will there ever come a day where there is no football? If you guys had to, I know that's it would be a while from now, but do you think that that day is coming? It's funny you say that.
2: I, I was we, me and. Again, referencing the group text that with a bunch of my Karana buddies that I talk about a lot. We were talking about that actually like a week or two ago. Uh, kind of like the ebbs and flows of kind of football or the popularity or maybe something like this. A school that's down right now and they're not able to have a team. It seems like it's on the uptick right now. It seems like they're there for a while for sure with the safety stuff, the CTE and everything like that. Maybe people were starting to back away from football a little bit. But now I don't know what what you guys think, but I, it seems like it's, I don't know what I want to say like back to normal, but it seems like it's back up a lot, a lot more kids playing. I think it's maybe spreading out more kids playing soccer or even lacrosse or something like that. But I, to, to your, your question, will it ever be no football? No, I don't, I don't think that's ever going to be a thing, but not in my lifetime. Yeah. Maybe yours, Jared. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be surprised. I I would think before there was ever no football, maybe they go full-on flag football or something like that, but never no football. Yeah. I mean, isn't
3: it – but doesn't it just show you that it's like the the Generation Z or whatever you want to call it is yeah. football is not – they do not care. I don't, I don't know. I, there are still kids that love it, obviously, but this is a – you know, one of the biggest high schools in Michigan saying we're not going to have football this year. You don't really hear any outcry from it. It's just kind of, all right, well – there goes their, there goes their years, or there goes their season. I have one quick little. Uh, it's not even a story; it's a tweet I saw that I thought was pretty, pretty hilarious, and you had to appreciate it. Uh, Jason Hutton actually tweeted it out. Whitehall was supposed to be Division Five this year, but they oh. elected to play in Division Four. Uh, and I just saw the quarterbacks uh, post about it or what he had to say. He basically said, "Yeah, we have unfinished business in Division 4. and I just oh, thought that man. was hilarious. You never see that, oh. <laughs> so just it's funny the duality of the sport oh there's one school that can't even field a team then there's other one that's like licking their jobs they they could add an easier route and maybe compete against a corona instead they're like no we're sticking up here in division four we're gonna compete here so i just thought that was pretty awesome yeah
2: that's pretty cool and that's actually i don't know it's kind of like badass to have that kind of mindset to know like no we want to stay in division four we want to try and win one here in division four that is kind of funny because yeah, like you said, you could have dropped down a division and probably made a little bit of a run because I know Whitehall is a, a pretty strong program over there. So that oh, yeah. is funny.
3: Yeah, QB Kyle Stratton said
1: that. Yeah. So I wow. love his confidence. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, before we move on to talk some college football, just, just a little promo Z92 five, the castle game of the week, the opener this season, Eaton Rapids at Owasso historic Wilman field, looking forward to that. And, you know, we touched upon it a couple different times, guys, but I am looking to, uh, do maybe six or seven Facebook live Corona Cavalier games, you know, depending on, uh, uh how I can put it together, but, uh, it's just going to be an extra feature. Everybody out there pays for the NFHS. You know, you'll, you will have an opportunity to maybe see Corona for free, uh, on Facebook live on our three point podcast site. So that's going to be down the road and, you know, I'll probably be, I'm, I know I'm going to be sitting in on at least three, castle games of the week. Casey Smith going to take over the play-by-play primary duties. In fact, we'll get him on the podcast before he starts his debut, New Lothrop at Chessonine. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, it, it is funny, Jared. You mentioned it to me before. It is kind of a weird time for me to step away with our <laughs> chronic Cavaliers looking pretty promising, but I'm glad I'm at least going to have a chance to, to still be involved in some way.
2: Well, yeah, we saw um, now now friend of the podcast Tyler, who runs the the Twitter site uh, yes. Michigan High School Football Frenzy. Um, he's going to be he's he's going to give us some some content for the prep picks Can preview too. But he he put out his rankings. I think he did top ten, maybe top fifteen of every division. And right. he has Corona ranked number five in uh, in Division five. So, uh, yeah. Ted, not not the season maybe to step away from.
1: Well, I, like I've told you before though, I may have stepped away from primary play by- play duties, but at least I'll be around and I'll be you're, going to the game.
3: If I was on the outside looking in or if this was like a national you know brand or story, people, like you're like kind of looming over this season. Whereas, if I was like, you know, Casey making his debut, it's like, man, you know, I'm filling in for this guy who did it for 30 years, but yet he's still kind of looming over it. I I don't know, man. That's just me on the outside looking at it. Hopefully,
1: hopefully he doesn't feel that pressure because I won't put it on him for sure. Well, let's get, let's move it on over into college football. The big story, obviously. What in the hell is going on with this Jim Harbaugh story? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. bizarre. It's bizarre. To me, it seems like
2: who's going to be more um, stubborn? is I think what it comes down to. So yeah, for anyone at this point, probably everyone at least knows the gist of what we're talking about, but anyone who doesn't. So Harbaugh is getting investigated. It's a lot of alleged stuff because nothing is coming out being proven yet. Alleged stuff that happened during the COVID year recruiting infractions. They had contact with some recruits that they weren't supposed to during a dead period during that COVID season. And then allegedly again, he bought some recruits who were on campus, some burgers, some lunch or whatever that's not necessarily what he is getting investigated for. I mean, they want to know what happened there or what he may get suspended for. What the big deal is, is the NCAA asked him about that. And Harbaugh basically said, whatever, man, worry about something else. Like, I don't remember, you know, Mm -hmm. go, go deal with other stuff. Are you really going to ask me about these things that happened three years ago, buying them lunch, you know, blah, blah. So the stuff that actually happened are, is pretty minor. But if he really was lying or if he really was covering up is what the NCA is trying to say, that's kind of like a major infraction. So that that's what I guess the big deal is. And the NCA, they they came to an informal agreement that, that ever what came out three weeks ago or whatever, two, three weeks ago, a four-game suspension. That was going to be the agreement. Cool, done, four games. We're done. Yeah, let's we're, move on. We're up. Move on. Well, some panel got together. They had to approve it with the NCA, and they said, no, we want to dig into this more. And so now we're back to this thing is open. And Harbaugh's back to, unless the University of Michigan decides to suspend him, which, you know, they're not going to because they've got his back. Harbaugh's going to be coaching every game this season, <laughs> like he probably should have been in the first place. And this NCAA investigation is just going to keep going and keep going. And we're not going to hear about it or we're not going to hear the end of it, probably for. Who knows how long? I told you guys before we started recording. I think this is going to be the last straw for Harbaugh. He's been dancing around the NFL for basically ever since he came to Michigan every offseason. Kind of like the John B situation. B wasn't liking the direction that college sports was going. So B saw the opportunity to give his shot, you know, at the NBA. Obviously, it didn't go very well. But he, he didn't like the way the direction of the NCAA. I feel like that this that might be happening with Harbaugh right here. He, this is this is his best chance with Michigan. His, the, the team that they have this year, they can make a legit run at a national title. And if this stupid investigation keeps going, I think this might be the time that this upcoming offseason that he's like, whatever, I'm out. Whatever NFL team offers him a deal, I'm done with the NCAA. He's rebuilt Michigan. Michigan is they're established. You know, he can be proud of that. Go back to the NFL now. That, that, that I wouldn't be shocked at that.
3: Yeah, he could. I agree. I do think there is a world where he would leave. I mean, it's silly, but he has said that he wouldn't. But, I mean, we can't put anything past him. It wouldn't shock me tomorrow if he left. The NCAA, this says more about the NCAA to me. What is going on? What is? Why has this been a like three-year ordeal? It's unbelievable sometimes when you look at how society functions. For God's sake, suspend them or don't. Why is there five different panels to go through? Why did this news drop like two years ago, then we forgot about it, and then it came back right before the season started, four-game suspension. Oh, wait, it wasn't actually – he wasn't suspended. What is going on? The NCAA – Ted, this might be your new retirement job. <laughs> Throw in an application because, for the love of God, they have no idea what they're doing. What, this just? It's just annoying. It's uh, I don't blame guys like Beeline or Jim Harbaugh a couple years ago saying, I'm out, dude. Right. What in God's green earth, who cares about this stupid story? And, and I don't blame Jim Harbaugh for being this kind of stuck up type way when they come and ask him about it. It's so dumb. A cheeseburger watching recruits via Zoom, bringing right. guys in during COVID for recruiting visits. How dumb. Yes, it's yeah. against the rules. You are a- so a right. They are making trying to make some example out of them, and it's just making themselves look like idiots.
1: It's yeah. ridiculous. And I think right now – If Harbaugh, if his heart is in Ann Arbor and he wants to stick around long term, right now is the time to strike. I mean, the NCAA, they're weakened, man. All these super conferences getting together. I think these athletic directors should have their own clandestine meeting, get together and say, F the NCAA. We're going to run this thing ourselves. I think Ward Manuel needs to back Harbaugh 100% and go to war. And... And just take a stance right now. Don't you know they're staying real silent and all this. Take a stance. I'm backing my man Harbaugh. He turned the program around. If he truly, truly wants to stay as Michigan's head football coach for the next ten years, man, all the power to you. But I don't. I wouldn't blame him to leave either. It's a yeah. bunch of crap, and the NCAA is a joke.
0: Yeah.
2: No, you guys, you guys are spot on. And we, I think we, when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and everyone else has too on Twitter, wherever else. OK, if he if he's legitimately covering something up, you know, OK, you, you know, you shouldn't do that. But to Jared's point, what they're so hellbent on investigating is so minor when you think about a lot of the other stuff that other schools have done when it comes to recruiting violations. And I mean, geez, we don't have to get into it, but, you know, assault situations and, you know, all this other stuff that the NCAA doesn't seem to really care as much about, but when it's Jim Harbaugh, right. For some reason, they just don't want to put this away. Like, yeah, they could have easily just been like, come on, man, let's, what do we want to do Uh suspension? Do we want three games, four games? Let's just get this over with, call it good. And, and said they're going to let it drag on. And it, I, like I said, I I think it's more of who's going to be stubborn. Like the NCAA doesn't want to back down to Harbaugh and Harbaugh does not want to back down to the NCAA. And that's as that's as dumb as it gets. Because I, I'm with you, Ted. I I'd be curious. Like, I, I mean, we could look it up. You know, I, there's probably articles, or we, we you know we could look something up. Like, what what the what the schools like commitment to the NCAA is. Like, what really? it would take for the schools to just say, basically, no, we want out of the NCAA. Like, no, yeah. we don't. The Big Ten. I mean, obviously, with all this conference realignment, the NCAA can't do anything about it if the the presidents and the athletic directors and everyone agree to USC, UCLA coming to the big 10, the NCAA can't say yes or no. So TV money. And if they can, you know, kind of have their own like rule makers and, you know, all the the logistics and stuff like that, do they need the NCAA? I guess is what I'm saying. I I really don't think so. (laughs) You know, I wonder if like March madness, if that's like an NCAA, tournament
3: yeah it is you know I, stuff
2: like that you'd have to figure that kind of stuff out but oh get, yeah, like get someone like mark cuban behind it and he can like right. fund it all
3: <laughs> it's dumb they they don't know what they're they've never known what they are doing man uh, i mean you're watching this johnny manzel doc <laughs> and he was suspended for a half uh for everything that went down in between his freshman and sophomore year suspended for a half uh Harbaugh, I mean, look at NIL. There's no guide rails. There's no regulations. There's no rules. It's the wild, wild west. Yet they they know that that's such a massive undertaking. They get that under control that they decide they're going to devote all this energy to Jim Harbaugh and trying to get him suspended for four games. Was Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh perfect? No. I mean, should he just suspend him for a game, just get it over with? Sure, I don't care. But four games and the fact that it's becoming more of a distraction than anything – Whereas if they just came in and did it, it would be over with. Now it's going to be looming over this whole year, looming over last year, or it won't. I mean, we kind of forgot about it the first time around. So it's just hilarious that the NCAA, the time they spend on this dumb thing, when there's such a massive problem that we all can see in NIL, in conference realignment, and they are helpless when it comes to that. Yeah.
1: No leadership. No leadership. It's, it's, it's just crazy. You know, somebody needs to step up. Hey, you know, we talked about different people. I mean, put Jay Billis in charge of NCAA basketball or whatever you want to call it, ESPN basketball. I don't care, <laughs> right. but, but let him run it, you know, and let's get some people with some common sense that know what they're doing. I'd like to know how much money these, these high rollers in the NCAA are lining their pockets with too. You know, what kind right. of salaries we, we could spend time looking stuff up, but it just yeah. makes you wonder.
2: Yeah. Yeah, whether it's they, they probably get a cut of the TV money, they probably get a cut of whatever March Madness makes, the college football playoff, they get a cut of all that. And it's kind of like you, you have to think some of the eight, whether it's athletic directors, presidents, you know, whoever it is, they've got to sit back sometimes and be like, why are, why do we need the NCAA? Like, yeah. I'd really be curious what, like, the reason is why they have to stay with the NCAA. Like, I don't know. Are, is it, are they under contract? You know, like, there's TV contracts, you know, or whatever. Like, I wonder if there's something like that, but maybe it's a, a funding thing. But when you see the money that these schools get for TV, I don't, <laughs> I think they could easily step away and not be in the NCA. but yeah, it's kind of ridiculous.
1: It is. Well, college football right around the corner and uh, NFL right around the corner lions, man, there's a big buzz going on in training camp. They got the W over the giants. Uh, my main concern <laughs> right now is man, don't play any of your star players in preseason just yeah. get just let them be healthy as they start out at Kansas City. But you know there was some definitely some bright spots in preseason game one against the Giants. And what stood out to me was the defense. You know, I mean, they look these young guys look pretty good.
2: Yeah, Brian Branch came up and uh, laid some wood on, on that one hit. Um, yeah, Beasley. the
3: defense. What on Cole Beasley?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was trying to remember who he who he laid out. Yeah, Cole Beasley. Um, yeah, the defense is a bright spot. And like, I'm with you preseason. Yes. There, I think there's value to getting some live game snaps, some live game reps, especially well for someone like Jameson Williams, he needs to get out there and, and get some live game reps. Like mm-hmm. that's different. Some of the rookies. Yes. Go out there, see what the NFL speed is all about for sure. Other players, Aiden Hutchinson, Jared Goff, Marvin Jones, you know, some of the offensive linemen stuff. Nah, you guys are good. Stay healthy. Amen. you know practice and everything and just stay healthy like you said um for for kansas city i wanted to just say about the jameson williams thing i don't know if, if, what you guys think about it but i almost feel like this kid is like getting set up to fail by fans and in the media because you know he's had a, a little bit of a rough go of it <laughs> his, his start with the lions obviously coming off a major i think some people forget about it It wasn't just like he dinged his knee up that last season at Alabama. He tore his knee up. Like it was a pretty gruesome injury to the point that you could probably question the lions taking him in the first round coming off of that injury. But, you know, so he's coming off that injury, his whole rookie season, you know, he's rusty, barely practiced. I almost, that rookie season's almost a wash for him. So then he comes into his first full training camp and, you know, there's some drama with the gambling stuff and, there's some drama that happened at practice and stuff, and whatever. So people are already starting to write off is he mature enough for the NFL? Is does he, you know, does he work hard enough and all that kind of stuff? And then he comes in and he drops a couple passes, and you know, maybe it's not the best debut or whatever. It, it just seems like people want almost want to label him a bust. They want to label him Charles Rogers, Mike Williams, mm-hmm. some of these other receivers that the Lions drafted where I'm just like, give this kid a full season of games, at least. Like, let's see him first healthy. Is, it, is he finally 100%? Is that knee finally, he's finally 100%. And then let's see him for a good 10, 11, 12 regular season games where he's out there with the starters. Like, let's let's see that. And before we start labeling him a bust, because then what does he do? He, he comes back with a pretty nice little one-handed catch for a touchdown. So, that's that's my thing. I mean, it, it, you know, fans are going to be fans. You know, whatever. They're going to overreact over everything. But let's let's give this kid a full season before we start saying the next Charles Rogers or whatever. That's at yeah, least my opinion.
3: That's fair. I, I, it is too young uh, or too early to really make an opinion on him. I, it just seems like there's a new story about him every day off the field. Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's basically stemming from the gambling thing, which is dumb. And I think we all agree the suspension is way too high. Harsh, and it really didn't really even do anything wrong, I would say. I mean, he, play, he plays the college bet uh, while on a road trip with the team. I like Williams. I just You can't ignore some of these stories that are coming out of camp. I, I mean, catching the ball, I mean, believe it or not, it's a, it's a big part of being wide receiver. He's struggling <laughs> with drops. It's right. never good when you hear that, but I will say, I remember Jamar Chase, his first preseason in training camp, he was getting used to the new NFL balls without the stripes on him. He's like, I can't catch. I can't see him right now. And I remember seeing that story and being like, oh God, that might he might be a bust. Like, how are they gonna go on without this guy who can't catch? And he figured it out. It just I worry about it. I really do. It's never good when the coaches are coming out and making comments like his catching mechanics are are off. Right. I've never heard that before with a wide receiver. Yeah. And we saw that uh, you know, on that Sudfeld perfectly placed ball that he dropped. I like Williams. I mean, we all remember how he burst onto the scene against the Vikings first game back, T D, whatever it was, 50 plus yards. So I like him. He's exciting when he's out there. It's just it what I would have liked to have seen more in his first yeah. preseason game where he's played every snap. I mean, he's a first rounder. He had two catches. And I understand it's different quarterbacks and the offense is always struggling preseason, but just would have liked to have seen him make more of an impact if we're gonna really dive in and insect and excuse me, dissect this preseason game right. number one. I would have liked to have seen more from him.
1: Yeah. I mean, he did have the one drop that was right on his hands. You got to make that catch. Any high school receiver can make that catch for God's sakes, but it is way too early. I think the guy has still a big upside. It's speed baby. And that, uh, you know, he's going to improve on his catching. I think it seems like the most recent uh, stuff I've seen on social media coming from training camp, it seems like the players like him, you know, uh, Maybe Campbell sent him a message It just depends if he takes it to heart. It's a professional career. He's going to make millions of dollars if he does what he needs to do. And it's, it's really, it's right now what he does this season after he comes off the suspension, I agree. Let's play him all, all kinds of time in preseason games. So he gets used to the speed and, I, I think he still has a good future with that team when he comes back, you know, it's another yeah. weapon they have and you can't beat speed in the NFL, man. Just nope. can't beat it. Yeah. And, especially
2: if, if he's not going to be expected to be the number one, the, the Calvin Johnson, the Randy Moss, you know, if, if amon or St. Brown looks like he's probably, he's the number one receiver. Yep. And even Marvin Jones coming back, you know, a veteran receiver can, can be in that, you know, one of the starters. If Jamison Williams is just kind of like the speed guy. Just burn it downfield, and if your open golf is going to bomb it out to you, I'm fine with that, you know, but we'll see.
3: Yeah, I will say in a positive, I did see uh, Jack Campbell, who I was maybe the most yeah. concerned with when we drafted him. Didn't understand it at the time. Seems to be just like a plug and play guy. I saw he rated the highest out of, on pro football focus of any rookie in preseason game number one. Uh, he only had two tackles, but basically what I love pro football focus and those ratings because they're watching every snap, watching every play, his responsibility, and that basically just shows that he he was in the right place at the right time every single snap. So I really like Jack Campbell. I think he's going to be kind of the unsung hero this year. You're never going to hear much about him. I don't think he's ever going to make those highlight plays, but he's just a guy that's reliable, and he's always going to be in the right spot uh, every single play, and he's just a good linebacker. So
1: I like Jack Campbell. Yeah. Good call on that, I man. The linebacker room looks like it's going to be pretty solid. So, you know, our fingers are crossed The Detroit Lions defense improves because, you know, it's been pretty bad the last couple of years. And it looks like they plugged some holes and they got a little confidence going and, and uh, go Lions, right? Hashtag yep. since 57. This is the year, right? It, this is the it. year amen okay anything else uh in our potpourri before we move on to some entertainment yeah
3: i have uh something and it's a depressing story uh Uh-oh. so we i remember where i was when i went and saw this movie for the first time the blind side uh mm. went with a group of buddies loved it you know sat there eating the popcorn sj stole the show as a kid around <laughs> the same age he was hilarious The movie was great. We all know Sandra Bullock's performance was awesome. Tim McGraw, great, great role as the dad. But basically what we've learned is this whole story was BS. Um, So an article came out yesterday, in case you didn't see it, basically saying that uh, Michael Orr, who is the the star of that movie, um, basically they never even adopted him. They basically signed a Britney Spears-esque conservatorship over him, basically where they could make business deals on his behalf, but they didn't adopt him really at all. And they made this move, you know, three months before he turned 18. So it didn't even really matter. And what the worst part about it is they tricked him. You know, this is an 18-year-old kid, doesn't really know what the difference is. They explain, oh, it's just basically a title. It's the same exact thing as getting adopted. No, it's not. And then you read more into the movie and how these royalties have been getting dished out. I mean, they're they're to the Sean and I don't remember the Tuie's, whoever, whatever the mom's name was, Leanne Tuie their kids have been getting like $300,000 from that movie. And Michael Orr hasn't seen a single thing from it. I, I'm curious as to why this is just now coming out. Um, you know, this happened, whatever, 10, 12 years ago, maybe or is kind of finally realizing how much he really got screwed in this whole deal, but it's just messed up, man. I mean, that was such a good movie, such a, a heartwarming story. I read the book by Michael Lewis. It was blindside everything for about a year there. And just what a sad and kind of, Nasty turn, it's really taken.
1: Yeah, my, my only comment before you jump in, Matt, is first of all, the timing, like you said, how, why is it coming to light now? What kind of representation did he have? He was an NFL player, for God's sakes, he had a representative. How, how is this coming out now? There's something there doesn't quite smell right to me, just me sitting here.
2: Yeah, like I saw, I think he's putting out a book or like someone, maybe he didn't write it, but there, there's a book coming out on Michael Orr's behalf i think with his like story so some people i've seen some people say like maybe this is like a, a pr type move for the book i did see something that was interesting with all this too the i saw barstool tweeted out that the real sj like the kid that is the sj did an interview with barstool and i saw some people questioning him doing that because this is about to be a pretty big like legal investigation and everything like that so why is he going out and and doing an interview with Barstool, but he, um I saw one clip where he basically said, we knew this was coming. We we knew this was coming. So that kind of made me lead on to like, did, does he know that it was, they never adopted him, that this was kind of all a BS adoption type of thing. So is that why he's saying like, we knew this was coming? Uh It's, it's all very strange. And it is kind of sad. Cause like you said, Jared, that, that movie was huge. It was a heartwarming story. It made you feel like, there are good people out there in this world, you know, take this kid in and give him an opportunity and all that kind of stuff. And then come to find out it's all probably BS unless, unless Michael Orr is the one lying, which I'd kind of be surprised if this is the, the route that he's going to go and lie about all this, you know, um, it comes down to it to me. Like it, it just doesn't surprise me. I, I think if, if it is true that these people did, Basically make him lie to him about adoption, make him sign the conservatorship so they could have control of his whole life. Basically. It doesn't surprise me one bit. It's it, people that maybe saw a, a gold mine and they said, Hey, like you said, Jared, this kid, you know, coming from the, the background that he is has no idea what he's about to sign. And we're about to make a shit ton of money off of him. Cause he's probably going to go pro And maybe they didn't know about the movie thing at the time, but they probably thought like this could turn into something big. Let's take control of this kid. And it's just like you say it all the time, Ted. And a lot of people do greed. Greed is the root of Mm -hmm. all evil. And these people might've seen, like I said, a huge payday. And it's, it's truly a shame. And I'm not, not surprised because, because of the greed thing, I think when it comes down to it, people are, crappy and they if they see a payday they're gonna take it
3: i'm i'm sure something is spurned i mean well what would irritate me if i'm or i mean thinking back to this movie they made him look like a complete idiot in that movie they really did uh like he didn't, didn't know the rules of football like uh basically was taught everything he learns from sandra bullock and you know all those things about defensive defense defense or whatever the whole damn thing was about how he would protect people or whatever uh he's wearing like bumblebee clothing i mean they made him look like an idiot and then you come to find out he gets no money from this whole thing it's just messed up and and i'm kind of reading the cliff notes of this sj Tui interview with barstool and it's like he kept saying the word adopted when they didn't adopt him they flat out lied about that and they said that in the movie that he was adopted so right. it's just, it's just kind of clearly if you, there was no difference, why did you make sure that there was this difference made, you know, still to this day when we know it was uh, conservatorship and in the movie, it, there's no movie if that's what happens. Cause it's just, yeah. you know, that it's basically this kid's just getting shafted. Yeah.
1: Well, I know one thing after I saw the movie about the Chippendales and that whole scandal, I'd like to look at what the paperwork said uh, from the parents to, or if there's the word perpetuity in that contract at all watch out because that's that i'll never sign anything that has that word in it because it screws you over what is it it means forever they have Uh rights to to the money so yeah
2: well i i wonder if that i mean we'll we'll find out i wonder if that's going to be ors defense kind of play dumb like yeah i didn't know i i was trusting these people that were saying they were going to adopt me and maybe kind of to Jared's point they made the whole movie about adoption 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 so that might help his case he might be able to see be like see they were telling me the whole time they were adopting me i'm coming from i have no idea he probably didn't have legal representation saying like no you need to read this document you better make sure that word that you're saying ted
1: he was probably yeah. like cool Perpetuity. i'm not,
2: i'm you know
1: let me ask you this though I, and i started it. He had an agent. He's an NFL player. He had an agent. Don't, don't you think there, they would have been involved looking at his financial package somewhere along the I line? I don't either? know.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, he, obviously that's where it seems like basically he found this out, you know, potentially in 2020. Uh, right. It's kind of what Tui's arguing is that, you know, oh, he didn't just find out about this now. He knew it in 2020, even if that's the case. I mean, that's it's messed up. Man. <laughs> but still really messed up. Yeah, I would agree. It is kind of surprising. I don't know how. Whoever his agent was, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's the ees agent. You know, set him up with this agent or whatever. Could be, Could and be. that one surprised me. So it's just, it just sucks because it was such a, like you said, heartwarming story, and it just seems like the internet and real life kind of ruins everything nowadays. And and that just sucks that the ending of that story. If you ever wanted to go back and rewatch it, it's like you almost can't now because you know Man. it's all BS. It just sucks that's the turn that this took, uh, and surprising that it. Did it took this turn, whatever, 14 years after the movie was released. <laughs> yeah, like that, I'd
2: I'd be curious if or obviously made millions of dollars and probably has a you know legit legal representation now. If it took a while for them to build their case, if that's why it's taken until now. But if the family's defense is gonna be like, he knew about this, like if they're really just brushing it off, that makes them look even worse. Like you don't feel bad about what you did to this kid. <laughs> you don't feel bad about lying to him, about being adopted, about basically stealing all of his money about his story. You don't feel bad about this. Your defense is just, yeah, he knew about it. He signed the paper. Mm. that That's pretty bad.
1: <laughs> Sad story for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talk, talking about the blind side, typically that would be in Entertainment tonight, but it kind of mixed into our potpourri. And let's uh, let's take a short break and come back with Entertainment tonight to wrap up this podcast. Dr. Ashraf Albana will again be hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes, certified physician assistant, and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will again be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Owasso Memorial Health The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org.
2: Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home, in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's
3: 989-720-4380.
2: Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, exemplary service and real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates
1: Real Estate Services. All right, Jared, you set it up first. I mean, you talked about Johnny Football and his slap on the wrist for half a game suspension. Watch The Untold on Netflix on Johnny Football. Uh, It's got a lot of uh, mixed reviews, let's call it that. But to me, and I know he was your guy right in the sweet spot of you watching college football, it's funny how... You forget certain things. When I watched the recap of everything that went on leading up to his college career and watching him play that freshman season, damn, he was electric. And he was, (laughs) he was definitely the Heisman winner, man. he, He had everything going his way and it just collapsed.
2: He was the definition of Johnny football, right? Yeah. A lot of guys have had that nickname, but Manziel was like the definition of that.
3: That season was, I mean, that was the Monte Teo year. That was maybe, in my opinion, and I was right in middle school, right in the sweet spot of loving sports and all that sort of thing. That was the best year of college football. It really was, in my opinion. Uh, If you put Michigan biases aside where Michigan's had great years since then, that was Michigan football at its best. You still had the traditions of the rivalries. You know, the Pac-12 still had teams that were competing out there that were good. Uh, Yeah, but in terms of this actual doc, I – and, and maybe this is the right way to, to compare it. I didn't like it. But then again, I'm Johnny Manziel's, you know, maybe number one fan. Not The more and more I've gotten to know his story, it, I've definitely lessened. But, you know, back in the day and leading up the last, you know, whatever, five, six years, go throughout his NFL career, I was the number one guy. I know everything about him. I know all these stories. Obviously, there are some new ones that broke, uh, such as, like, he, he never came from oil money. There was some cool <laughs> moments like that in the doc where you kind of shed some light on things that we still didn't really know a whole lot about. But... I heard Jake Paul talking about his version of Untold that they did and how basically what these are is they're kind of slapped together. You know, it's almost like you're skipping a stone across a pond. It's just touching on a few different moments on their life, but not really giving you the full inside in-depth look. I mean, I could have seen a five-hour documentary on Johnny Football. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. there's so much to unpack in that story. And Untold, it's like in terms of on the field, they talk about the Alabama game. And that's about it. They skip, they go Alabama, they show his debut, they do the Alabama game. And then it's basically, oh, you know, that's all his college career was. How can you encapsulate maybe the greatest season of college football ever, maybe the greatest two-year run by a quarterback ever in college football in one five minute highlight of one game. So it, I didn't like it. I just didn't yeah. think it was that good. I, I really didn't. Uh, you know, I, but, but then again, I think it's good for people who maybe didn't follow the story as closely as I did. Because you kind of get what you're saying. You forget about how awesome he was and all that sort of thing. But yeah. it wasn't for me. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't for my audience. It was for more the casual viewer, I thought. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For the people who like you, Jared, like you're saying, big, big fans, I could see how it was a little bit of a turnoff because it's almost like everyone knows the stories about how he, I mean, frankly, kind of threw his career away. And it was it was cool to see him maybe, you know, coming to realization of that and you know, opening up about certain things. But right, they didn't necessarily give him much credit at all for what he actually he really did do. Uh I thought it you know, I I thought it was pretty good, because it's nice to see some of the backstory and see maybe what really this kid was going through. Because you know, you try and at least my the the way I thought about it, you try and put yourself in that place and be like, if you're all of a sudden you just burst onto the scene and you're the biggest name in sports. I mean, when, when Johnny football, when he was playing, he was as big as LeBron James, you know, he was as big as anyone. Everyone knew who Johnny Menzel was. And you know, you're going to be a first round draft pick Heisman trophy winner. You're beating Alabama. You're doing all this kind of stuff. Everyone loves you. You're going to Vegas for parties. Everyone you're, you're partying with all the celebrities and all that kind of stuff it's easy for us to sit back and be like, he threw his career away. What a waste. He just threw it all away and everything. But you have to try and think about like what it would be like to be in that position. You know, like it'd be hard not to be partying all the time and be throwing away money and, you know, going on some extravagant spending sprees and stuff like that. So yes, there's a side, like I heard some people say they don't feel bad for him at all because he had every opportunity to at least have a decent NFL career, make a lot of money, set himself up and he threw it away. Then maybe there's a side that you do kind of feel bad a little bit because you wonder like what kind of leadership he had behind him. Did he have people trying to get him out of that partying phase? You know, maybe you know he has some some health stuff going on, you know, he's diagnosed as bipolar now and and some other things, so maybe he should have had some people helping him out in that sense. So you can see both sides of that. Uh, I don't necessarily like feel super bad for him. I mean, he knew what he was doing, but also like, I, I don't think he's like a waste of life or whatever, like some people say. So, Well,
1: well yeah. you touched on exactly what I was going to say. And it's kind of, again, coming from the old guy of the podcast, some words of wisdom while I still have my mind. It's, <laughs> you, you got to, you really got to surround yourself with the right kind of people, right. His best buddy there was an a hole man. He was yeah. on for the free stuff, didn't look out for him at all. And it's easy to do, obviously, at that age group, man. I mean, you know, it. It. it I've seen it's it. Kind of brilliant,
3: though. I mean, he was. He kind of I mean, didn't get caught. Yeah. He, it is. he got Johnny Manziel on private jets and got him some <laughs> cash. Yeah, probably wasn't the best thing for his future, but right the there and now, he
1: he had some wits about him. Yeah. Yeah. You can't deny that. That's for sure. Yeah. It
2: kind of like, it it made me think like, you know, so you're talking about Johnny football, Jared, as your guy, I know LeBron James is also your guy. That's always one thing. I know this is a little bit of a side note from Teddertainment. It's always one thing I think about with LeBron James. When I see stories like Johnny football, maybe not surrounding himself with the right people. That's, it's one thing I think you can always give LeBron James credit for is surrounding himself with the right people. And, you know, his, His crew, basically, that he grew up with now as you know, business people and stuff like that, because you hear so many sad stories about professional athletes all of a sudden becoming millionaires. Next thing you know, they're broke. So maybe not necessarily the Johnny football story because he has family money, but, you know, you kind of see both sides of it sometimes.
3: Yeah. Kind of crazy. It doesn't happen more, honestly, is my. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're Johnny Manziel. How in God's green earth do you decide I'm going to go buckle down and watch 10 hours of film right now? I, I don't Zero. know. Zero. <laughs> I mean, it'd be hard. Dude. Right. I don't. It's kind of like I don't blame you for what happened. It, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. Uh, you just wish he had better people in place around him that maybe could have kept him on the straight and narrow. Like you wonder what, what would have happened. Let's say he's at Alabama. You know, I just wonder what if under Nick Saban's, kind of guidance maybe eventually he still would go off the rails but you got to think his it maybe would have been at least a delayed a little bit if Saban was his head coach and not
2: just that if he would have been Alabama and then maybe not drafted by the Browns right it's almost like he was set up both ways Texas A&M was just a free-for-all and then he got drafted by the Browns maybe the worst franchise in the NFL like
1: yeah yeah and, and then the doc didn't make Kingsbury look like he was looking out for him either. He kind of no. just was shoveling things under, Oh, you're hung over. That's okay. You better play good. You know, <laughs> that's some, <laughs> but I don't know.
3: It's like, there was no, it's like, you, I, I, it's a hard thing. It's like, I just don't know if there's a world where he doesn't go off the rails. Yeah. Right. Like you hear it's like, that was kind of what Kingsbury was basically saying by that. It's like, he was yeah. going to do that. Like we couldn't really stop him. Yeah. I mean, you see that like he literally watched zero hours of film in the <laughs> NFL. That's like that's like kind of crazy how much you like do not care to do yeah. that. You know, I mean, if you're a freaking freshman quarterback, you watch at least some film every week. Right. Uh it, it, Just crazy, man.
1: Well, his mental mental being and and substance abuse definitely altered his thought process without a doubt. Yeah. Uh Next thing I wanted to throw up. Uh, on the on the podcast here jared's going to want me kicked off of ted entertainment tonight again (laughs) because watching the johnny football doc untold i had never seen the manti tail doc and i watched that the two-parter wow 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 (laughs) a whole different viewpoint i have on him now i can see why he got catfished i can i can just see the whole thing I give that a three out of three, man. That was, it blew my mind. And I know it's old news, but if you haven't seen it, I'd say check it out. What What do you guys think about that one?
2: I, I, so I haven't watched that one. I've always wanted to go back because I've heard people say it is very good. Oh, more, more in the sense of like you get a little more. Cause we all remember that story when it was, like you said, Jared, during that season when it was all happening, yeah. so going to the national title game. And, you know, all of a sudden it comes out that, it,
3: it was you know, wild. This,
2: this heartwarming story. Everyone thought he had this girlfriend and all this stuff. And there's this whole story, he's up for the a linebacker, up for the Heisman trophy, even and all that kind of stuff. And then it comes out, it's fake. <laughs> right. There is no girlfriend. It's all fake. This and then, yeah, we didn't even really know what catfishing was then. That, like that's exactly. kind of a, it was kind of a new thing. What is this catfishing? So, because of all that, because I remember, you know, um that whole experience. I have wanted to go back and watch that documentary because I heard it's really good. But Watch it, man. Watch it. So it's... you didn't get, because I've heard people say like, so what What was your sense? I've heard people say it makes Manti Te'o almost look dumb in a sense. Like uh, you know, how like how did
1: he fall for it is what I, I didn't think. take it that way. I, okay. I, I think it was a brilliant ruse. I mean, yeah, even, I was going to
3: say, anyone would have fallen for it. He literally had the girl that was, the, the girl in the pictures I was catfishing was basically working in cahoots with this guy. Uh, where they're getting pictures from her doing, you know, basically Manti Teo would say stuff like, all right, send me a picture with holding up a picture of today's date and holding up like a peace sign. And yes. this guy would basically trick this girl to send that picture to this guy who then would send it to Manti Teo. I mean, it would have fooled anybody. Yeah. And then it's like, you hear him talking on the phone and he does this girl voice and it's 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 convincing man and then they even had him do uh do it in this interview i mean he was an evil person to do that oh yeah Bandai-Tao, but <laughs> no you don't blame him it, it, this guy was a brilliant ruse as you said he had a brilliant ruse going
1: yeah and you, you to me after watching it it'll be interesting to see what matt says i i at the time I didn't have a lot of strong feelings about him, but I kind of was along the lines that how could you be so stupid, you know, but now that I've watched it and, and saw the whole thing unfold in a two-parter, uh, he was, he was obviously fooled by a brilliant ruse, like I've said, and it really makes you feel sympathetic to him. I mean, to to have to go through that and especially, you know, I won't ruin anything, but you know, it, it all comes down to that national championship game. And, uh, what was going on at that very point, you can understand it now, why they got killed and why his mind wasn't. I mean, in. whether
3: he, his mind was on straight or not, they still would have got. They, the they would have, but
1: game. still. But, right.
3: But, yeah, no, it sucks because that was a magical year, Um and it was a crazy story. I mean, his grandma and his girlfriend died on the same day. Yeah. And then he has this absolutely incredible season. I think he had, like, what, almost 10 interceptions, or maybe he did yeah. have 10 as a Dominated. linebacker on top of all the other plays he was making. Uh It just – just a crazy year, man. And like I said, one of the wildest years in college football was that 2013 season. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I got one final thing to wrap this up with. It goes back to my, my morbid viewing pleasure, if you will. Uh, I was watching a, a news nation and I happen to watch it 10 o'clock at night. I'll, I'll tune in to like 15 minutes of uh, this, this female a uh, broadcaster called Banfield, Ashley Banfield. And she, it, it just caught my attention. She had the grandson of Charles Manson on for an interview. Okay. And we all know about Charles Manson. I mean, he's the devil reincarnated, obviously. But the grandson, there was a big battle for uh, Charles Manson's remains when he died. And the grandson ended up with him. And he put together a documentary. This is, it's been out a couple years now. I think it's on Reels, the network. Uh, it's called Charles Manson, the funeral. And the thing that I took from this little interview, which just, it, it blew my mind. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that there are these people out there, but they are, you gotta be careful. Uh, at the funeral, you know, they had an open casket then they cremated Charles Manson. And then they had a secondary ceremony. There was some of his followers back from the late 60s and 70s at this ceremony. And the grandson in some weird frame of mind, handed out the baggie of ashes to some of the followers, and they could grab a handful, throw it in their pocket. Some of these fools, get this, some of these fools took Charles Manson's, Charles Manson's ashes, took it to a tattoo parlor, mixed it with the ink, and had Helter Skelter tattooed on their body with Charles Manson's ashes. Now, how creepy here's the that. thing
3: man, dude, i i don't Crazy. think it's creepy those guys are freaking idiots and i don't know why you give them the light of day watching this stupid dog they're <laughs> idiots man they're literally jackasses and you spend the time giving them your eyeballs for an hour on this dumb dog i'm
1: fascinated what, jared i am fascinated
3: I am, just you describing how you found this dog it's on reels it's like what what deep crevices of no i Watching, I haven't watched
1: the doc dying? yet. I watched the 15-minute interview with the grandson, but it did fascinate me to check out this doc if I can come across it.
2: It it is. Yeah, you said it fascinates you. It's something okay, so it's not for everyone cuz clearly no. anytime we bring these up, Jared is out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm it's, with it's, you cuz it's I don't know what it is. It's a fascination to be like how crazy some people are. Yeah. Like cuz I'm with you. It doesn't surprise me because I know Manson had some some insane followers like that. But to think that you would – there's people whose minds are so twisted to take (laughs) his ashes and have them tattooed into your body is just like – Unreal. There are some crazy, crazy people out there, clearly. And
3: Yeah. yeah. I'm too harsh on it. I do think the Manson story is interesting, but this is, like, not even about him. This is about some – it, it's just taken it's like now it's like we're three degrees separated from from the manson now we're just talking about his idiot followers who haven't done anything since he passed away, or since he was killed or whatever i don't even know what happened to him
1: he just um, died in prison of
3: cancer i think okay so since he died they've done nothing since then to kind of keep this whatever his cult was going um except tattoo his ashes into their arms it's just like we're, we're shining light on just some complete idiots and so it's just funny that you're sitting there watching this when these people don't know what's going on tomorrow and it's like, we're supposed to be creeped out by these guys. They're just dumb.
2: It just, yeah, no, they are clearly dumb idiots. Every word you can describe satanic, satanic. It it makes me think, you know, there's the, the people who got the tribal tattoos or the the tramp stamps that were popular back in the day, you know, (laughs) when you, when you like grow up and, and not necessarily grow up, get older, you know, whatever. And you look back at, you know, some people got tattoos that they, they come to, they're like, ah, not the best idea. Maybe they get it turned into something else or whatever. How would you describe that? Like, say some of these people come to the right frame of mind and then they got to look at their arm and they've got Helter Skelter tattoos. Yeah. Well, like, what would you do with that? You get it covered up or you get it removed? I don't know. That'd no,
1: I, I think, you know, it's those great. are the type
2: of people who probably they they follow that
1: their whole lives. Yes, they're evil. There's yeah. just evil in this world, and there's evil people, and these people are evil. And I guess the fascination that I have is it's completely polar opposite to how we look at the world, you know? Right. How does this happen? How do these how do these people get sucked into it? We know about Manson's followers and how he kind of brainwashed them, and it, it was the whole hippie thing and all that. Okay, that's one thing. But there is just people out there that are completely, you know, just evil. It's just like here I in Shiawaisi County. We I had just... the whole cannibal latunsky thing you know
3: I, I mean is it that yep. i mean you're you're obsessed with this story now for 40 years is it that yes. hard to believe that in the real life like when this actual story that you clearly are obsessed with for 40 years is it that is that hard to believe that a couple idiots wouldn't mm-hmm. have jumped on i jumped on his ship i i don't i just don't find it it is fascinating but I, it's just people are dumb and you give them something to believe in they'll follow it man and you give them some drugs to help them believe in it they'll do that too
1: now, the question I have, then, is, before we wrap this up, is, are you saying I'm dumb or these people are dumb?
3: <laughs> I'm not, no, so I I I know. no, I understand <laughs> why you, I, 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 believe me, of all the things you follow, at least this is like a famous, you know, kind of not necessarily murder mystery, <laughs> but uh, at least this is a famous story that I will be honest, I, whenever it does come up, I'm usually, I tune in a little bit. It is, okay. it's a wild period, uh, and I mean, we just saw a famous movie come out about it, you know, three, four years ago, Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood, so. Yeah,
1: exactly. All right. Well, I knew I wasn't alone on that, so yeah. we'll, we'll leave it there. We'll call that a positive as, as we wrap this up. Uh, this has been the three point podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's wellness center. You know, make sure you sign up for a membership. I got to tell you guys, I kind of slacked a little bit this summer, you know, outdoor activities. I would do some exercise. I, I went to the wellness center yesterday. I'm back on my regimen. Started it yesterday Weighed myself in. I was surprised that I didn't gain more weight. So I was I was pleased with the scale reading. And I'm back into it every day, uh, six days a week, anyway, and back to watching what I'm eating. So Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center, it's tremendous. Also, want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, our sponsor of the Prep Spotlight, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes. Rivals Tap House and Grill and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Don't forget, uh, coming up, only less than two weeks away, the Castle Game of the Week, August 24th, Eaton Rapids at Owasso. We'll have more about that on our next podcast. The 6th uh, Annual Boys, it's amazing. Can't believe yeah. it. The prep, prep uh, pigskin preview. Hard to say real fast, but it's going to be <laughs> fun not only it, it makes you think sixth annual of that show
2: but we've been just doing this podcast for that long That's what yeah, it makes you think.
1: Man. <laughs> yeah no doubt and you know i i, I was doing a little research because uh, jared your dad hooked me into doing a little talk at the uh, local rotary on thursday morning I, you know just to talk about uh the career a little bit and then promote three-point podcast but uh it's uh yeah, 2017 we started this little thing, and we're still doing it. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yep. All right, peace and love. Everybody be kind out there. Stay away from the Manson followers, and thanks for <laughs> listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.com.